When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 20 years with Shazam and the most Shazammed artists. And is Web3 changing the way artists release music? You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to the Biz Tape, your all things music business and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely LA correspondent, Joseph Wazaleski, joining us coast to coast. Joey, how are you? <laughs> Is this space? Space coast to coast? Space coast to coast. Space Dude, that coast show coast had crazy. If you guys don't know what that is, but like that show had crazy guests on it for the time. That was like the bread and butter of Adult Swim when it started out was. Uh, Oh, yeah. Space Coast, Coast, Coast to Coast, which is, I don't know if you know this, Joe, it's just edited from that old Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yeah. Like, they just took all of the frames and they just edit them together. Yeah, right? I and believe then they, like, Space create... Ghost is the original one, and then they just, like, superimpose the characters onto it, like, onto, onto a the interviews. show, which is yeah. so funny. It's awesome. <laughs> and I remember there's like the one I always think about is like Beck was on there back in the day. And he'd be like, I'm getting interviewed by Space Ghost. That seems like something Beck would do. Yeah, I literally <laughs> looked up not, Space Ghost. It's very on brand. I see, I see a picture of him and Beck right now. Anyway, yeah. welcome to the show. Appreciate you for all your Adult Swim uh, niche. I appreciate things. you too, Colin. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, no, just keep going in a circle. Uh, no, I mean, but yeah, I appreciate it, guys, especially uh, if you listened last week where I explained what downloading was and you dealt with that, so thank you. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it's uh, been a pretty fun week for me. Joe, how about you? I've been 
bouncing around yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah, he, I feel like we're both like just bouncing around currently, uh, just like a bunch of project stuff. Well, I uh, went to a meetup listening of, like, to some music, music business people, and like all of them, like it was they were all walking in and they were like, "Oh my god, limping into <laughs> this bar." Oh, the seas yeah. are angry. You know, like that's literally like what they felt like. There's, I feel like everybody's, uh, we've said it for a long time over work, but now we have like this kind of little, for me personally, a little bit of a break because we're out of the summer and now we're in the fall and there's this yeah. uncertainty and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's been, it's been really weird. Uh, but here we are. Here we are in the now. Yeah, and, I feel uh, like, I'm wondering uh, which Colin you can definitely answer this, I feel like, but, um, you know, historically, like you said, you you like for the music industry, you go into the fall and the winter and it's usually winding down a little bit. And then it really sprints in February because you have like tour season in the springtime and then like festival season in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Um, but are you seeing like more and more festivals getting pushed into fall and like more and more, like orders yeah, I mean, coming the, in I, for new reviewers. And, I work in live entertainment, like live audio kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, sort of, I mean, everyone I talk to is just like, everything's booked. Like you can't book a show right now. Like I, I was actually yeah. talking to a, a mutual friend of being Joe's who's very well connected. And it was, you know, I was joking with them. I was like I, a show on a Wednesday in 2019 would have been unheard of, but now it's the regular. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like, it's really strange in that I think there is uh, the economic factors really coming in now. I think we thought it was going to be as busy as it was in the summer in terms of like how many shows are going on, everything going on all at once, but it doesn't feel like that anymore, especially with yeah. scary word recession uh, maybe on the, uh, you know, wines. So I don't know, man, it's, it's really uh, weird, but uh, I, I wanted to start off maybe with more of a fun story, not recession-related story. Yay! Um, but Yeah, so this personally made me think of you, Joe, and you'll understand why. So we're talking about Shazam, because Shazam... Ooh, yes, is, I'm a Shazam fan. I, I was going to mention that, yes. Shazam <laughs> I'm, is... I'm, I'm not a Shazam fan. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Wait, wait. One of the things I want to mention, if you don't know what Shazam is, they're a company and they specialize in technology that allows you to basically take your phone microphone to identify like what song you're listening to. Like, So if you're in a bar, you hold your phone up maybe and just be like, hey, what song is this? And it tells you. And I was going to maybe rat on you a little bit. I remember when you know you were living here... You know, Joe and I would be in a fucking Thai restaurant and Joe's standing on a chair just holding his phone up, being like, What <laughs> is this? I was not song? using Shazam. Oh, I was it, using I'm, Siri. is that much better like than a normal story? person? That makes the story better. Like you <laughs> yes, on the chair. Yes, it does. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it no, makes I know it I'm significantly I know less you would, worse. You would be really bothered by this if I was using Shazam, but I want to communicate to you, waiter, uh, <laughs> that I am not. Uh, I'm not so, using Shazam. <laughs> There's yeah. a there's a Shazam type of person, Colin. They're in their late forties. <laughs> Shazam shaming they, people they, right now. They try to use it at a concert because they don't understand how it works. I've never seen that. Is that a thorough thing you've seen? Oh yes, I've seen that before. Hundred percent. So like, like people specifically Shazam users, Colin. So you're telling me you don't see you're a sitting, user you go to a that. concert, right? Which or maybe I, let's give them benefit of the doubt. You're at a festival. You come up to some random act, right? And yeah. you're like, I'm interested in this song. 
I don't know, maybe because I'm an older Gen Z or something, I just start looking up like song lyrics or like looking at the festival thing and trying to figure out like what the person is playing. But you're telling me Mm -hmm. there are people out there holding their phone up in the middle and being like, who is this person? And then the sham saying, oh, it's Freddie Gibbs, huh? You know, like, (laughs) no, here's the thing. The Shazam doesn't work because that's not how Shazam works. But they You're don't know that. right. Yeah, because so okay, they, so the, they, they're just holding it up and it's just, you know, it's it's never going to happen. The artist is never going to appear on the Yeah, phone. so to elaborate, yeah, Shazam works by identifying recordings. So if it's, you know, maybe it's even a plus to the artist if Shazam works for you live because that means you really like the recording. But uh, And I'm sure the technology has developed. But the reason I brought it up is because Shazam is 20 years old. Today, like a, Ooh, this like month happy basically. birthday shazam happy birthday happy shazam birthday. um i know you didn't do well in the movie theater but you're doing well identifying <laughs> songs so no but like seriously like shazam is uh was monumental like when it i remember when it was really tracking steam in the early when it when the app came out in 2008 like people were like what this is the future you know what i mean like we were mm-hmm. on streaming or whatever and shazam was rough, but it was really cool at the time. And like I said, a lot of people did it. Not Joe. Just I not did, me. don't worry. I told I told him my truth. You, not Joe. Thank apparently, you. even though he it totally was. Not was. Me. Uh, but uh, yeah, like people were shazaming so much, and now they have so much data about it that they actually released a bunch of data about what people shazam and like who's getting shazam the most, which. I don't like using that verb because it sounds like it has another context, but we're going to keep moving on. I just want to address that before I say that six times. You know, Drake gets Drake gets shazammed every day, all day long. All day long. He just gets shazammed. No, okay, so Shazam, right? Shazam! Shazam. Anyway, Shazam has, like, released all this data. Uh, They were bought out by Apple in 2018, actually, for $400 million. And so it's integrated stay away (laughs) the technology is integrated into ios into the apple phones you actually don't even have to have the shazam app wait are you saying that siri is shazam it has been pretty much yes this whole technology is used there like if you go to your control center on your ipod you can actually find ipod on your iphone you can uh actually uh look at (laughs) like you know tools to do it and it's shazam technology which is what they're using you Damn. have been duped. Well, you have been shazamming. You've been caught in the I act. Got, shazamming in public. Shazammed. Take that meaning however you want. Anyway, the point is, is that I have a bunch of data that's really interesting. So like Shazam, people are shazamming all the time because over 1 billion people uh, shazam songs a month. And the shazam like has basically identified over 70 billion songs or 70 billion times. I'm sorry. Important indicator. 70 billion songs would be insane. But uh, yeah, it's uh, 70 billion times it's Shazammed. I don't know how much correctly because this was, you know, written by Shazam. So I'm sure it's not, you know, all over the place. And then, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, we got a 1 billion Shazams per month as of June, 2021. And then Shazam has over 225 million users a month. Um, which Same Joe Shazam has just found so out much. that he is a person of it. Uh, but <laughs> I don't want to think about it, Colin, in the morning. I guess not. Morning. It's probably not in that. This is probably like strictly the app. But like, you know what's weird, which I thought was even crazier, is that Shazam started out as like a dial number service. 
So in like oh. 2002, oh, yeah, you would right. you would dial 2580 and you would call and then you would hold the phone up to whatever you're listening to and then it would text you the artist and I the think song. I, I do remember that. Yeah. I think I used, I did use that. Oh no, Colin. <laughs> Caught in the act. I really, I've really been an OG Shazam user. <laughs> oh my God. You're, you're going to have to make some calls. Anyway, the point is, is that like, it was crazy futuristic at the time. 2002 over phone, which I don't know, like obviously if you've heard someone, anybody talk over the phone, it doesn't sound as good as it does in real life. So like, that's some really good technology to hear that. So, mm-hmm. So fun fact on that text line, which shows how old Shazam is now. The number one thing that was on that text line that was getting Shazammed was the song Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. I was um, really hoping you were going to say Crazy Frog. Crazy Frog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was um, really hoping for that. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, what is this song? I wonder what it is. Uh, no, but like, it, it's just so funny because like, here's what I thought about that. People were shazamming that and going, oh, this is Gnarls Barkley. And then I bet that drew them like even further off of figuring out that it was CeeLo Green that was singing the song. Can you imagine that? You're like, I know who it is. And you're like, no, you don't. You do not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so like, Joe, if you were going to guess who the most, again, Shazam person of all time is with over 350 million Shazams, who would it be? Oh man, 350 million. Um I am going to say I think it's it's got to be someone older. It's got to be like a mega pop star. I'm going to say Taylor Swift. That's a good guess. But I feel like uh, that I feel like that's wrong, wrong though. But let me tell you, you actually said who it was earlier if that gives you a hint. Is it Crazy Frog? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't, that be crazy? wouldn't that be crazy frog he's coming back no the person shazamming the most who's getting shazammed every night is drake <laughs> oh no literally drake is the number one artist that people were trying to figure out who is this person who is actually we were listening to which makes sense because he's wow. the most streamed individual of the you know 2010s to 2020 you know what i mean where's and my so, prize like, colin it's it kind of follows know. down route but like Here's a weirder one. I don't think you're going to get this. What's the most Shazam song? Which the only hint I'll give you is that I have talked about it on the show, how how I personally was tormented by this song because it keeps getting auto-downloaded on my YouTube music. Oh, um... It's some... Wait, wait. Wait, is it U2? Is it a U2 Oh, album? my God. Can you imagine? Just like people are like, what is this song? It sounds like a YouTube a thing. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, no, it's not that. It is a Dance Monkey by Tones and I, <laughs> which I was like, really? No. But also, that's kind of impressive, to be honest. It is impressive. This is a newer, like Drake's been around since like, you know, the like in bigger popularity, like the late 2000s right you know but like Mm -hmm. dance monkey came out only like two or two years ago i believe three years ago and so like to be the most shazam song is pretty crazy but like maybe that helped their career a lot because you know a lot of people were looking them up actually and trying to figure out who it was and they got a very concrete answer very fast um Mm -hmm. so next i'll just give you like some fast facts that i thought were very interesting first the most best example 
of Shazam ever, which was the first song ever Shazammed, which is Jeepster by T-Rex, which is so like the perfect song to Shazam because what an obscure 70s band to just start out with, right? Like that is what that app is made for. That technology is made for is to find stuff like that. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other quick ones are the fastest to reach 1 million Shazams was Butter by BTS. Also very impressive for how new that song is. Uh, And it only took nine days. People were literally Shazamming like crazy out in the streets. Anyway, uh, they apparently also in the late 2000s, people with Shazam just did not know who Lil Wayne was as he was also (laughs) the first artist to have both 1 million and 10 million Shazams. People were just like, I don't know who this guy is, but I got to figure it out. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the main, like it's pretty interesting. It's released by Apple and they actually made a playlist on Apple music, uh, Apple pay me anyway. Uh, they, uh, yeah, they made a playlist on Apple music of like all the most Shazam stuff and like songs and everything. And, um, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about. I mean, first, now that you are a uh, confident Shazammer, because we know this now about you, um, mm-hmm. do you devout? Like, what do you, one would say, yeah, actually. right, devout Shazammer. Do you think uh, there's like a pro and a con for needing to be Shazammed? Like, I was thinking about this today when I was like writing up the article. I was like, obviously, more people find out about you, but maybe that's an indicator that you're generic. You know what I mean? Like, um, if people can't yeah, recognize I, you. Yeah, I think, I actually think that it's a good indicator because it means that people are interested in streaming your song later. Um, because most of the time, it's people, people are searching for the song so that they can see if uh, they can find it later, essentially, um, and then listen to it then. But yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's, I guess it could be, you could interpret it as like people don't know who you are, but sorry, little Wayne. I, don't, I guess people just didn't. <laughs> Apparently just like in 2008 for and 2010, the people were like, I don't know who this person is. And I was like, are you kidding me? But also I grew up in a, like I grew up around hip hop music a lot. So I was just like that, like every day we were listening to little Wayne going to elementary school yeah. like, every day. Anyway. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I, yeah, I think it's more to do with, um, it's more to do with people wanting to listen to your songs. Yeah. I, I, it's I, would a good, say, I feel like it's a good indicator because it's like new fans. I guess I wasn't really going, I'm not really going with like a binary answer here, if that makes sense. Like maybe it's a mm-hmm. little of both, you know what I mean? But, um, I do think overall it's a positive thing, you know, like at, at the end of the day, someone you you know the hardest thing for anybody even on social media is to get what engagement right so like for yeah. you to have a song that like in public or like Joe you're standing on a chair in a Thai restaurant um like you will actually do action to figure out what the song is is a really good indicator that your song has a lot of power has a lot of staying mm-hmm. power with people too and like I don't blame people you know like Joe you can't you can't you give me like shit for like a just being like, oh yeah, this person, this is what this song is. This is what this song is. But I understand, like, I mean, this part of my job as like an audio engineer is to know as much oh, I, music as possible. I, I mean, 
I, di- I didn't mean to offend you, Colin. I'll well, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, just, just, it, I, I thought we were going to talk about this off mic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yeah. I wasn't really ready for you to reveal that I Shazam in public, but yeah, I thought we had a lot of things to talk about off mic. Uh, but no, I mean, like, but seriously, though, not everybody can be like all the time, hey, let's look at this. Let's find all this. Let's like, you know, remember every little artistic detail that makes an artist unique or something like that. Right. So like I asked in a poll and I kind of want to pose a question to you before I kind of talk about poll stuff, Joe, like who are like some artists that like you mix up, like in that generic thing, like do you have artists that you listen to that you're like, kind of like, is it this person or is it this person? Yes. Um, Oh man. Uh, You know what? I, I will say I mix up ABBA with a lot of other pop um, stars of that time frame. I, I can't, it's, I can't, it's not coming to my brain at the moment, but I do mix ABBA up a lot with, uh, like seventies disco music stuff. Yeah. Like a lot of seventies disco stuff that I'm just like, that's an ABBA song and it's not at all. It's not even close. <laughs> to an ABBA No, song. I could see that you could be like, Oh, this is an ABBA song. And it's really like more of like an upbeat blondie song or like, a, yeah, you know, a um, Gloria Gaynor song or like, you know, something like that. Yes. Where you're like, Oh, I thought it was ABBA, but um, mine yes. when I was a kid is, uh, like when I, I, I you know, I, now that I've had to listen to it for a lot of stuff, I hear the difference, but I used to confuse Led Zeppelin and Aerosmith a lot. I did the same thing. Yeah, right? Because like, That's crazy. <laughs> well, because and that's like one of the things I would love to make like visuals of this because I generally believe that like music is family trees, if that makes sense. So like mm-hmm. if you follow an artist, like if you go on Wikipedia, right? Are you says, talking about the nepotism that's rampant in the music industry or are you saying like Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but of, that okay. is true. <laughs> that's a different uh, family we tree. We would say all of the above, answer D for that one. But like, no, the point <laughs> is, is like if you look at influences on Wikipedia, right? I think it'd be really great if you're like a visual artist to like take those influences and just spider them out into every other artist and go to their influences and spider out. And you will see like how crazy connected music is because like truly, Mm -hmm. you know, part of it, like, you know, I say sound generic. That's probably the most pessimistic part. Right. But also that just means like, you know, you listened very well to what was successful and you were able to emulate that, which I, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, necessarily. I do think you need to make your own mark, but like Aerosmith, Mm -hmm. you know, now that I, I have more of a, you know, defined ear. I'm like, Oh no, that's Steven Tyler. Oh no. You know what I mean? Like this is, uh, you know, like all that kind of differences of the players and all that kind of stuff. I mean, but at the same time, I really do think like Aerosmith, like if you look at it, it's like, it's kind of like a baby between Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones fused into one with also like other influences of like a deep purple, you know? And that's like what I love about it. Um, and so do you have any others before I go into like the poll stuff? Um, um, no, I mean, I think I would mix up Jim, um, Croce with uh, John Denver sometimes. Yeah, the, like singer songwriters of the seventies can get really like a Jim Croce, a Harry Chapin, yeah. uh, a and John then, Denver, uh, all those. Joni Mitchell, I, I would mix up a lot with, um, uh, Jefferson Airplane, honestly. Oh, really? Uh, like a lot of the songs. Yeah. I don't know why. I just... I would say, like, and the funniest part is that, like, uh, you know, sometimes people would tell me stuff that they would confuse up because I've asked this question to people before. And what happens is, like, you get 
direct relationships, right? Like one that I thought mm-hmm. with Joni Mitchell that you said is like Judy Collins, who is like a really great 60s singer and also did Both Sides Now, which is a Joni Mitchell song. And that was like her signature song. So it's like kind of all related in that way, yeah. which is, you know, I, again, I think a compliment more than anything. And also just, you know, by the sake of you're covering someone else's song, so you're going to probably sound like them a little bit because that's their words and their phrasing a lot of the time. So mm-hmm. uh, one of one of our uh, l- avid listeners, I, I, you know who you are there. I don't know if you want me to say your name, but like uh, they said, which I thought was a really good answer, was uh, Peter Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins. Um, yeah, which is great. That's spot on. Yeah, because and they're both they were both the lead singers of Genesis, which makes sense then why they kind of sound similar because they were you know obviously very related in terms of you know getting along musically with the rest of Genesis, and so when they subbed out, they probably sounded a little bit like Genesis, so it's kind of related, um, you know, and you know actually which is one. Um, because he talked about it, I think is very going off of Peter Gabriel is Harry Styles. Um, Mm -hmm. Harry Styles has talked a lot about like, if if you watch like some uh, stuff with him on Stern where he covers like Sledgehammer, he talks about like, I I believe he did it, his record in the same place they recorded Sledgehammer. And they were, and he tells the story where he's like, just talking to the engineers. He's like, can we just play Sledgehammer in here? Can we just play it? I just want to hear it. You know what I mean? And all this kind of stuff. And now that I've listened to more Harry Styles, I'm like, I hear a lot of Peter Gabriel and Harry Styles. And he talks very highly of Peter Gabriel. And I was like, I wouldn't, you know, if you're not like in the, you know, Harry Styles train or in crowd, like I'm, I'm sure like, it seems like something like if I went up to my dad, I was like, here, you will listen to this. He would probably be like, that sounds like Peter Gabriel. Um, but like, Going back, like Shazam, crazy technology at the end of the day. Um, and like, I think that it's like one of the few things that have been like, this is the future. You know what I mean? Like, with, especially with streaming, not like we added a new UI function. I'm like, boo, boo, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this is like futuristic stuff. And I think it's going to be crazy to see if they can implement it like even more i bet you shazam i'd have to look it up but i bet you shazam has the capacity now to try to decipher live music right yeah i the accuracy i I, don't know i no i don't yeah if ai does um get better about that um for sure i think though it's honestly it's it's just so streamlined to um use which i if if listeners don't know the um the way that like shazam works is it listens to uh, a code embedded into the audio that is the it's it's the tracking code you can think of it as like a serial number per each song and what it does is it helps radio play because it tracks radio play but it also helps out shazams as well which shazams is like probably a better tracker for that kind of stuff now because of how rampant streaming is like around the world it is the medium to listen to music now and so when you know when it's listening it's not listening to the actual song itself it's listening to that code that's broadcasted on like a, a frequency that we humans cannot hear. I don't even essentially. I I, I, no, I don't even think that's it. Like I think it's. I think it, like based on my reading, I think it's advanced enough that it listens. Like it does like high points and low points based on like a spectrograph and shit, which is kind of insane. Um, well, I 
disagree. Fair. <laughs> we'll see. I mean, Shazam, reach out. I we'll see who's right. Um, but like, after yeah, a I quick mean, Google. <laughs> anyway, like the point is, is like it. It is. It is insane technology, and I think in terms of in terms of like you know innovation of music, in terms of technology and everything like that. It seems like one of the most straightforward ones where you don't have to convince people. Like, it'd be like, yeah, wouldn't it be awesome if, if like, you played, like, three notes on a piano and the thing would go, are you playing this? And it knows what you're talking about, you know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. you know, you go to a concert and someone does a cover and it just goes, oh, it's this song. You know what I mean? Like, that would be insane. And I anything that helps education, like, in that way would be awesome. You know what I mean? Because, again, I think I know that Google... Relates. Google is, I, I don't know if it's actually works, but they came out with like this whole ad campaign about um, like an AI listening thing like Shazam that does do that. Like you could sing into it and it's supposed to tell you what song you're singing. So yeah, I haven't tried it. That's the, the humming it. one, right? Where you like hum into yeah. it. And it uh, it's like the Google app has it or something. Yeah, but, it's, uh, I, I think it's like hum to search or something called that. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, that that's the kind of stuff that I'm like personally more interested in than you know, them telling me some bullshit that like, oh wow, we've really updated streaming. I'd be like, okay, like what? And they'll be like, doesn't this UI look way cleaner? And I'm like, I guess it all looks the same now, but whatever, you know what I mean? So uh, <laughs> it's just like one of the things. I just that want I feel like- better recommendations personally. And that that's um, hard. And maybe that would be in tandem with this kind of technology. Like I said, I think it's related. You know what I mean? Like to to have the algorithm know like, oh, you know, you like Todd Rundrig. You know, Todd Rundrig's one of the biggest influences is Laura Nero. So you might like Laura Nero. You know, what I mean? like that kind of stuff where it just mm-hmm. goes like, coast. you know, I, I almost said space ghost, coast, coast. Space ghost, coast, um, ghost, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, I think it's a interesting, straightforward path for technology. I mean, obviously, I'm saying this as like not the engineer on it. I'm like, yeah, this is easy. You just hit a bunch of buttons on a computer. But like, uh, I just think that a lot of the other things that I've seen in audio and other kind of streaming spaces has been kind of a you're trying to sell the idea of it. And this seems like innate where it'd be like, wouldn't that be cool? And I feel like no one would be like, no, that sucks. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I have all these people come up to me and they'd be like, Dolby Atmos, man, Dolby Atmos. And I go, I get it. It's cool. Not everyone thinks it's cool right now. Like, I'm like, we're getting there. We don't have all the technology. And then, you know, I get into this whole thing where they're like, well, the Apple, and I've talked about it on here too. It's like the Apple AirPods have it. It's simulation. You know what I mean? It's not the same as six speakers. Well, it doesn't matter. It sounds better. And I'll be like, okay, well, you know what? I can put things in reverb too. Anyway, the point is. <laughs> I like is to that, imagine Colin just like, like laying in bed at night, just having this argument. I'm just head. talking into my phone. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, you can do this. You know, like. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> voice memos. Uh, you you know, play that's back definitely each like time. a yeah. Okay, yeah, well, it's not true. It's just super nerdy stuff, and they're just more excited about the idea of it than anything. And I'm like, okay, it's about implementation. Anyway, <laughs> it's all about it's all about the implementation, Colin. It's all about the implementation. I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. 
Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Well, speaking of implement, well, speaking of implement, what is it? Implementation, implementation. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Web three is changing the way independent artists release music. So, oh Colin, I'm surprised you're not doing this uh, article. Yeah, mostly I kind of feel like this is some, like more up your alley. Yes, I I have some problems with this for a while. Okay. Of did reasons. you read this? Did you read this? I did not read this article, but I've read stuff about web three and I feel like there are some, like it kind of reminds me of a less scammy NFT marketplace in some ways, not exactly mm-hmm. what it does. just more of like, I think a lot of, or like a meta verse kind of thing in a lot of ways where people are like, it's a yeah. real thing, but I feel like there's a lot of smoke and mirrors that people are hiding behind with it to say like, we could do this. And I'm like, well, you, you yeah. could, but you got to do it. Well, uh, supposedly for people who don't know, um, web three is kind of like how they're marketing it as is the new version of the internet. So yeah. we are in like web 2.0 and now we're in web three. Um, and that's like with anything to do with crypto uh, blockchain stuff, NFTs, all that jazz, right? All yeah. of this new tech that just magically appeared is basically due to Web3's existence. Um, and just like a lot of tech companies in Silicon Valley pushing for its existence. It's all about but, like decentralization, um, I would say also. Yeah, it's about, you know, the beginning of it was to put a lot more power in the people who actually use it every single day. Um, rather than like bigger companies and stuff like that. But, you know, like with anything, shit gets consolidated and exploited and we'll we'll see how it goes. It's already kind of looking pretty exploitative um, in a lot of aspects. But when it comes to music, um, there's actually a lot of potential money that could be made for independent artists. So, Billboard did a feature article about an artist named Daniel Allen, which is a very normal sounding name, but he's he's an electronic artist. And at first glance on Allen's channels, you might not, he might not look as like desirable to traditional music industry outlets that other artists would have. So he has 200K monthly streamers, which is a great number, but a lot of labels are very like surface level and will always want like higher numbers um, so that they can get like an easy return. Right. And it seems like a lot of people, um, especially in the streaming market, are they can hit the, that 2K monthly mark, but then when it comes to um, retaining that uh, 
like audience, it, it can be very hard sometimes. But Alan did something very interesting. So instead of focusing on his streaming, he is focusing on NFT launches, which a lot of artists have actually kind of snubbed their nose at recently. So like a lot of electronic artists, Alan moved to Los Angeles uh, to couch surf and make beats, eventually getting more embedded in the music scene here, uh, taking up mixing and mastering jobs. And then after doing this for a while, he kind of got sick of it and decided to make his own music, but he wanted to make money with his own music. He didn't just want to release stuff. So as we what he do. did was... Yeah, as we all do, right. you know. I just don't want to put it to out. Los like, Angeles. I just, I, the way you and, said that was like, beats. and the rest of us just don't <laughs> want to. We just want to put it out there, like, and just be like, "Isn't that cool?" Anyway, yeah, that's going. true. Just true. Um, I, you know, everybody wants to make money out of their art, but I think the difference with Alan's uh, kind of head space was that he was breaking into kind of new, uh, new frontier stuff. So what he did was he released all of his music on web three and like with NFT launches. And he basically gathered, uh, these two guys to help him kind of release this music. Um, and this is insane. I've never heard of anybody doing this. Uh, so during the time of him releasing music on the NFT market, like the token value of like NFTs were still very, very low, especially for music, right? This was still a, a gamble for him to just focus all of his energy into this. But what he did was he actually got a song bought by 0.69 ETH, which is about 1,600 bucks at the time, which is Sick. a pretty good amount of money for an independent artist, right? To get for a track and then he can still release it on streaming platforms after that right so his second track was bought um by another collector as well and then after that he decided okay let's just keep uh turning this out and so he released six nfts which got him seven thousand six hundred bucks and so he's like okay there's something in this so he decided to put all of his effort into it and this is and what he did was crypto right Yeah, this is all paid in crypto and then it's converted, right? And that's how he pays himself, essentially. It's like they give him ETH and then he converts the ETH into actual dollar amounts after he sells his share, basically, right? All right, yeah, there we go. According to Alan, he decided to put all of his focus into being consistent and bringing uh, on uh, people for like managing his overstimulated EP, which asked the community for 50 ETH advance in exchange for 50% ownership in the EP, which no one has ever done before. And this was all done through NFTs. And uh, so essentially he was making a music deal, like a label deal, but with his fans, right? So they all have stake in the songs. Um, and it sold out overnight after he did that. But what's interesting is like, it might sound like an overnight success story to an extent, right? He's made a ton of money uh, through that and in a very quick amount of time, but there was a lot of setup that was involved. So he said that he worked tirelessly over the previous summer, spending about eight hours a day on Twitter and Discord, sending out messages to everyone, like learning about Web3, learning about like NFTs, learning about all of these uh, marketplaces basically. 
and and uh, making calls and networking with people who are very like in the space of crypto and Web3. And um, he said that he raised by himself 50 backers out of 87 backers to his NFT drops. So that's like a huge amount, uh, like through personal connection, right? So it's not just like he threw an NFT on a website and then someone bought it, right? He was really hustling to get people to pay attention and to get brokers, NFT brokers, and like people to be interested in his music and to invest in his sound, which like, you know, most artists, you, you do do that. You do have people that you want to invest and like that want to invest in you as well. But it seems like this is taking more the shape of like, like art selling, right? Like you're selling art at a gallery and like you have a broker for that art. Yeah. That I mean, will definitely like, you investment know, sell it territory. for you. It definitely is. It's it's much more, which like that's art investing, right? And art marketplace, uh, especially like high art marketplace stuff is is all of that is like, what is this going to be worth down the line? And for a lot of people, music is not really worth that much down the line unless you're like an evergreen artist, right? So if you're an independent artist, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a gamble at the end of the day. But it seems like in Alan's case if you can generate a community and like keep up with that community, they can support you. Especially if there's not like a lot of people in the space, like at the time or, you know, working necessarily as hard. So in total, Alan estimates that he's generated 320 ETH, which is $606,000 in today's prices over all projects. But he does admit that through it, there were some flops, especially with a collaboration that he had with Beat Foundry, which like dropped mid crypto crash. And he only sold like a third of the collection that he released on there. But the fact that he was still able to sell stuff is a huge win for him, especially. And with all of the stuff saved up, he's made, it's safe to say that he's made more money like on paper than he would have just focusing his efforts on streaming and maybe even touring to some aspects. Oh, 100%. So I think, uh, yeah, this man got in at the right time. Yeah. Um, he's still doing it and it seems to be a strategy that a lot of people, especially billboard and like people in the music industry are taking note of, um, especially with like, I think independent artists are looking at this too as a way to really break even in the music industry because he he actually pointed out uh, in the interview that, you know, he got to this point where he was looking at his friends at this, you know, this release party that he had. And he was like, you know, all of my friends who are artists here are either trying to get a record deal or trying to get out of a record deal. And there wasn't like a kind of in-between thing right? That of like people being okay where they were at. So he wanted to take like basically control of the business side and kind of made it work for him, which I think a lot of independents want at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, Colin, like, what do you think about this being a strategy for up and coming artists? I think in, it's a strategy in, like, and not an end all. 
Um, I definitely just think that 100%. Like, I think this man got in at a very important time, especially, especially in the crypto space at that time. I mm-hmm. think that he didn't, like, the props to him. He did incre- It seems like he did an incredible amount of work, talked to the right people he needed to talk to, and whatever. You know what I mean? But, like, that's the thing about this, is I don't, Crypto and Web3 and all of this kind of stuff are new technology that solve, you know, or, you know, have problems of their own. And I believe solve some, can solve some issues. But in their current state, I think at the end of the day, like, do I think this is going to be this, the way for everyone? No, I just think that it's going to be exacerbated, especially when the label gets into it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's like at the end of the day does it really matter if i'm like okay well i got 75 eth and then you know all this kind of stuff and you're still signed to the record label and then they take away 90 percent of it or whatever and then now it's you know a a fungible asset that now we can make into money but then there's the whole crypto exchange and the gas prices and then the fluctuation of the price so it's like one of those (laughs) things where it's like take a breath take a breath there's just a lot going on here and i think like do I think there's money to be made in this space? Yes. I mean, this man isn't, yeah, you know, he's selling music. Like, it's like in the crypto space, I think that's great. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I'm yeah. not, I, crypto origins is like shit, like Silk Road and like, you know, other weird stuff like that or like, you know, scammy kind of community stuff or what, you know what I mean? Like, this is seems sincere and I appreciate that from him. But do I think of like tomorrow we all, you know, all these people are like, we're going to do it. I'm like, no, I mean, it's he, this guy got in at the right time. Do I think there's still people that can do this? 100%. This is still a very relatively new idea. I think he mm-hmm. is doing great because he's got a billboard article, right, about him. And so, like, at the end of the day, like we were talking about, a lot of people are viewing this as like an investment. You know what I mean? So yeah. if he continues on and he's, you know, the first one, which if you go all the way back to our episode about NFTs and crypto, like that's a whole shebang. You're financially motivated to basically uh, say like, I'm the first one. I'm an expert in this. Yeah. And so like he assumes, I mean, if I, it's hard though in the way that, you know, how giant the internet is in the marketplace to just make that assumption. You know what I mean? To be like, I'm the first one that did this. I mean, we've talked about other people trying to break this out. I think if he looks at it... doesn't it, seem to be... I mean, it wasn't him. It was definitely the Billboard staff that... So I guess claimed, then, claimed you know, that's that. on the Billboard staff. So sorry, Alan. But like the point is, is like I, uh, I think that he has a smart way of doing it, but I don't think this is like, you know, a fix for a bunch of systemic issues. I think the systemic issues, much like Bitcoin and crypto and all these other NFT spaces, you're just going to translate those issues into those space. So I think that especially with what's going on with it, I think that there is money to be made, but I also, with anything with crypto or NFTs, I advise you to be careful. And I'm sure that, you know, even to himself, like, at the end of the day, he viewed this as an investment of his time. He made the music. He clearly marketed it very well. He did all this stuff. And there was a chance that, you know, if he didn't do a, as good of a job as he can, or he did really, and that, like, he didn't talk to the right people at the right time, or just it was a bad time in general for crypto or something, like, this all could have fallen apart. So I'm glad yeah, that he which did is, that. Yeah, which I think him being open about that is important because it is, like, People view 
uh, Web3 and crypto as like this get rich quick scheme um, instead of what it is, which is a very volatile uh, stock exchange, essentially, it's, uh, where it's everything, a new space. everything that is bought, everything that is bought is meant to be sold. Um, so it's almost like your music becomes a commodity of how much money can I get out of this down the road rather than maybe fans. Well, and that's kind of the thing about it that is a little bit scary. Obviously music innately, especially recorded music is a commodity. It is a commodity, but at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. it is intrinsically, you know, in some ways when I talk to artists and artist managers or whatever, a lot of times they're like, well, this is just a secure fandom, you know what I mean, and marketing for the future. It's an investment in myself. But it, like in a lot of these NFT projects I've seen, it feels like a we got to get in and we got to get out every time. And uh, I don't know if, to be honest, especially with the way that music is structured, especially with fandoms, if you would want to be a fan of that, you know what I mean? Do I think that people that are buying 50% stake and you know, these songs or whatever are just diehard fans. No, I think a lot of them think of it as investments and I'm sure they're very happy to see that billboard wrote this giant article that says, is he the first breakout star? Because at the end of the day, that's what makes your investment more money is more notoriety. And just Mm -hmm. like meta and like the whole metaverse thing, web three is an idea that isn't here yet. You know what I like? It's the idea of, you know, like, it's kind of like a mindset, just like the metaverse where people are like, I'm buying meta land. And I'm like, I guess you are, but like in that one landscape, in that one place. And just like here, I'm like, you could say that web three crypto itself is web three or whatever. And I'm like, that's cool. But the internet isn't all web three yet. You know, like all your shit still goes to Facebook server. All your stuff still goes to, you know, TikTok server. Like that's the opposite of web three. That's not decentralized. That's not on a blockchain. And so, I just think that if you feel like you have the ability to play in the game, go ahead. Because like at the end of the day, like it's sad to say, but especially with NFTs and like crypto, it's almost refreshing to see a guy who's just got music and like you could just enjoy music and it's not like unequivocally morally corrupt. (laughs) You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, it's like weird to say that, like just to be like, you're saying like morally corrupt, like within the NFT sphere. Yeah. Like stuff what? where it's like tokenized, where it's like, here's a restaurant that's never going to exist. And this is like a yacht club pass that you buy as an NFT to go to the restaurant. And it's like, that's not built yeah. yet. You know, like that shit like that. Yeah. Where it's like, and you're it, saying, you're saying that, um, Alan is like, the opposite of that where he's like actually releasing stuff right exactly so like if it. you were like hey i bought one of alan's like songs or whatever you know and maybe it, but then you're gonna get in the whole thing of ownership and like what that means and so like if you're like i bought a stake in an nft that it could increase in value like and that's the whole thing it's like i keep thinking i keep going like if it was like literally you pay Alan 10 ETH, he gives you a song. You're the only person that listens to that song and you can do whatever you want with that song. That's fine. But like at the end of the day, especially with semantics, it just feels like, okay, you feel like you're making an investment in the music. That's great. But that's, I feel like how a lot of people are seeing it. This is an investment in the mm-hmm. music at the end of the day, as opposed to musical. And I just think that in a lot of ways it can be predatory in some ways just to be like, 
give me the money right away for an investment because like in the like again 50% ownership in the EP I'm sure that was a very important caveat for a lot of people to invest ETH into this project right it wasn't just mm-hmm. oh you're going to support Alan and his music and we'll send you a copy of the album if you send us one ETH which would be an insane amount of money for just like being able to listen to an album and maybe get an MP3s or something but this is supposed to be like you own 50% of it like an investment. So Yeah, which I'm wondering like what your take is on that too cuz like I'm wondering what the paperwork is for that of like It's a it's will a they, utter would they get nightmare, royalties, dude. I just like yeah. all this stuff with that is an utter nightmare. Again, I cannot like I think most people right now even though they don't want to say it because then it destroys their customers are seeing NFTs and crypto as a you get the money now. And that's what you get, and you might get it later, but it's not a guarantee. But a lot of people are piping it up as like, you will get this money in the future. That is why it is worth it. You know what I mean? Like, your mm-hmm. NFT will go up in value, or like, we will, as a, what is it called? A, a, there's a... Uh, there's a name for like a group of people that invest in like a digital asset like that. Um, a DAO, that's what it's called. Like the DAO can vote to be like, we're going to, you know, put his thing in, in a movie or something and you have 50% ownership so you can do it. And I, it's just like an utter hellscape, especially with like the wallets and losing control of mm-hmm. the wallets and all this kind of stuff where um, you just get into this, like it, the ecosystem is not there yet for that kind of rights breakdown, if that makes sense. Like the ecosystem Mm -hmm. is not there to facilitate copyright rights in the way that it should hypothetically be in the same way that, you know, when meta goes, we have the metaverse, you go, no, you don't, you're making it in the same way. Like it's the kind of, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the wild West still. Um, and to just like figuring out, like it's going to take a couple of lawsuits to really kind of like, set the boundaries, at least in America, for like where rights holders It's, it's going to take belong. like standardization, really, and also like, in my opinion, legislation, legislation and regulation, which if, you know, you're in NFTs because you think they're decentralized and to get away from everything, guess what's the exact opposite of that? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I just think that, again, I've talked about this video so much. If you want to learn about like a lot of the systemic problems, I even recommended to our friend who uh, is going to be an entertainment lawyer now, is I would recommend watching Line Goes Up, The Problem with NFTs. It gives a perfect example of a lot of these systemic issues that are just expounded upon because of NFTs and crypto. And so mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, am I completely against NFTs and crypto? Um environmentally a little bit, but like in terms of like what they could offer, like I think there is maybe an upside, but no one has really like sold me on it because I haven't found a way to find it into existence yet. That upside, Mm -hmm. like a tangible, this is the benefit right here. Um, I I think there is a marketplace that if you want to play in it, it's just very tricky. And like, as Alan's seen here, like you got to play the game. Like, you know, he's going in discords, he's talking, whatever. And do I think that everyone and their mom could do this and be like, now we're all rich now as artists? No, <laughs> no, that yeah. would destroy it. You know? Yeah, there I mean? it would. Life, I feel like, is very cyclical <laughs> in a lot of ways. Um, and from what we know, studying 
like economics and also just like artists and getting in first is really important. But then yeah. if you're already hearing about it on Billboard, it may be too late. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think there is, you know, a space for, let's say, the technology exactly like you know if you were develop if you were like i'm going to develop more of the standardization and maybe a new system for it in a way or try to like rewrite yeah that sounds great but like do i think now it's like we can all be nft selling artists like no mm-hmm. i mean the nft marketplace has been down 90% because of the crypto market crashing a lot and so it's it's one of those things where i think at the end of the day, it just makes me more sad about the state of the regular music business that people have to go into this predatory region to make money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they have to even risk it. It that's what Well, I don't think the music industry is not predatory. <laughs> I, I think agree. there's plenty of predatory I situations. Agree, but at least at the end of the day, if you got paid, you know, in American dollars then I'd be like, all right, if I got paid in crypto, I'd be like, okay, but this is going to kind of suck because I'm going to have to convert it and I'll probably lose. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's a whole new caveat with the whole crypto thing, which is why I mentioned in the thing you were like, so we got paid in crypto, right? It wasn't like they were like, here's $2,200. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, no, I mean, he got paid in ETH, but it, I, I mean, it would be dumb if he didn't cash it out. I, who knows? I mean, I think it, I think he has a like specifically for him. Like, if I was advising him, I'd be like, "You got this great publicity going. You know, people think maybe you're the first Web three artist or whatever. Why don't you take some of your money and invest it back in and keep some for yourself? You know what I mean? So, like, that's that's what I would advise him to do. But that's the thing mm-hmm. is that he did it. He's getting the notoriety for it, and I could I wouldn't advise the same thing to somebody just trying to do it now. You know what I mean? I wouldn't be like. Yeah, you should just donate. Like, if he was like, I put 80% of the money back in, I'd be like, okay, yeah, because it seems like you have a market for this specifically for you. But if I went to a new artist and they're like, I'm going to invest 80% of my thing into crypto, I'd be like, okay, what plan do you have? Like, what's going to make you spend? Like, I, there would be a lot of questions. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. It, Lots I, of questions. Lots of non-answers. Yeah, and that's the thing. And lots of things (laughs) that don't fully exist, even though they will tell you it fully exists. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
Well, Colin, I got a question for you. Is this question? And I think you know, I think you know what the question is, but we're going to pretend like you don't. Fine. I've shazammed. Um, I'm sorry. It had to come out. <laughs> I, You're caught. Red-handed. It only happened once. <laughs> um, what, what have you been listening to this week? Oh, man. Um, I don't know. Did I talk about last week uh, Masayoshi Takanaka? Um, I can't even no. remember. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that. I think I would remember that. That's why I thought. Name. Okay, so I've been listening to Masayoshi Takanaka, who is a guitar guru from like the seventies and eighties in Japan. Uh, reason I know about him is because I was, you know, very heavily into like that kind of vaporwave YouTube kind of music back in college and all this kind of stuff. And one of the things that got really big... Me and Colin were both very into Vaporwave. What what got really big during that time also was Japanese funk music. was like people basically figuring it out. Which is kind of like one of the beautiful things that I love about the internet and the world is that you can have these things across the countries that you never would have seen pre like the connectivity of the internet and streaming. And now you get to actually experience it. So Masayoshi Takanaka is like a virtuoso guitar player, composer, producer. And um, he mostly does these kind of like funky kind of guitar instrumental music that has like, you know, this just pure groove. He kind of reminds me of an even more funky like George Benson or like something like that where he he just kind of was at the top of his game, he wasn't the biggest artist ever. He kind of had this mm-hmm. explosion on YouTube in the early or like in the late 2010s and stuff again, because people were just streaming. Like I was talking to one of our coworkers at uh, my job and he was like, yeah, you can only get that album on YouTube. It's just not on streaming at all because it's not licensed or anything. It's just obscure. But uh, yeah, there's like a lot of really cool uh, music. I really like uh, Brazilian Skies. That album I think is uh, really good. He also does um, a couple like, uh, how do you even pronounce this? Uh, Sade? Yeah, I think is how you pronounce that. It's from 1982. And uh, the one I like is called uh, Chill Me Out, which is like this super instrumental. And then like, this guy just starts talking to me. He's like, hey, Takanaka. And it's just so funny. He's like, these girls won't leave me alone, man. They need to chill out. It just like makes me die laughing every time I hear it. And it's just like very funny to me. But like he, he he's just a virtuoso guitar player. He also is notable for having like really wacky guitars. Like one of my favorites is he has this like surfboard guitar that's literally like Ooh. a surfboard Shredding the waves, guitar, literally, and shredding he, the guitar. At the you know same how like time. Jimmy Buffett has that island vibe. Like that's kind of what mm-hmm. he has is like an island vibe. So like it's it's very so much short his shorts image. and pina coladas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's then yeah. it's like you know like a flowered <laughs> shirt or like a, a a paisley blazer or something, and like a beach behind him. Yeah. Here's a picture of the guitar for Joe, and so he can see it. It's literally a giant red surfboard with a hole cut in the middle for the guitar which i was like this is dope like what a signature that is crazy isn't that crazy yeah and it's got a giant like it's got its name on the bottom right it's takanaka and i'm like this thing is awesome but like he's just like a very um he's got a thing must suck which i really love that What'd you say? The case for that, the like the pelican case for that must be insane oh my god (laughs) it's probably the worst thing ever it's like they it's got to be like a cut they probably had to like modify like a bass case or something like the guitar tech for that just like 
dealing with that <laughs> guitar. <laughs> Dude, this would be so badass to be a guitar tech for him, for like Takanaka. This would be awesome. Like he's just a virtuoso guy. He's also got a white one. It looks like he's got multiple ones of these. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, like anyway, sorry not to get too nerdy on uh, Japanese uh, like funk and future funk. Joe, what have you been listening to? Oh, you're good. You're good. Um, I have been listening to Dayglo's new single, Then It All Goes Away. Um, and it's great. He's got two singles that are out right now. I think he's dropping an album pretty soon. If only um, anyone predicted super. he was going to blow up. Who knew? Who knew <laughs> it was going to happen? I did. Thank you. Um, I've also been listening to a track called CDMX. Uh, with an artist named Last Dinosaurs, which is also great. It's kind of like, it's very, so, I mean, what's new? I'm list, I'm listening to very indie hipster bullshit, you which know, but Spotify I love, I love my music taste and, uh, that's, that's how it goes. But, um, also listening to a track called Circles by Alfie Templeman, which, uh, Colin, I feel like you'd really like Alfie Templeman a lot. I think he's I've like, listened um, to something. He's like then. Declan McKenna, McKenna a little bit. Okay. Um, but he's like way more, I'd actually argue his, like his production is way more there for me. God, um, what is it? It's same like, with, I know this person. I just don't know why I know. Yeah. Him. He's really cool. I, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, we're, we've been getting a lot of like young, really good UK rockers, uh, coming up recently, which is, super excited they're the oasis um, of our time yeah well i much nicer hopefully but they're the blur of our time is is blur nice <laughs> i mean it's Dave, Dave, <laughs> david alburn didn't he say david alburn also uh said like taylor swift didn't write her songs so i, I mean we covered it he seems like a really nice guy i'm sure super nice dude but super well nice i'll dude. give him a bit of a doubt though. anyway point is i'm still a gorilla stan at the end of the day it seems like we want to be more of a alfie templeman and less of a uh noel gallagher or a liam gallagher is what you're telling me yes yeah yeah go forth with that information you want to be alfie templeman not a noel gallagher hell yeah Guys, thanks for listening to the Biz Tape. You're all things music, business, and media podcasts. We sure do appreciate you. We'd also appreciate if you want to check out our socials at the Biz Tape. Pretty much everywhere: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You've you've probably heard this. If not, guess what? We have social media. It's 2022. Get with it. Anyway, we do appreciate you guys out there. Stay tuned for updates on our various social media. We are working very hard on the show. So, again, appreciate you so much. We hope to see you next time. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.